All right. Hey, good morning. Very glad you are here. You know, everybody in the room has had a bit of a different week, right? For some of you, the last seven days were completely consumed with work. You spent more time at the office or on the job site than you did anywhere else. And then some of you barely left the house, if I'm, if I'm honest, right? You just, you didn't get out much this week. Many of you were occupied with kids. Some of you got some shopping done. There were even a couple of you that got to travel over the last week. Stop rubbing it in our faces, okay? We were stuck here with the snow. I'm tired of seeing your warm pictures. All right, I'm I'm, I'm dealing with it, okay? I'm learning, all right? This week, you might have tackled your to-do list, or you might have ignored it for another seven days. Uh, There are people, of course, who have been sick in the last week, and then there are those of you guys that are dodging all the sick people, and then there's stuff that's going on in your life that probably I can't even appreciate. I would have no idea that you've been dealing with. So although we live very different lives, All of our experiences can be described using the exact same word. Anybody know what word I'm thinking of? Busy. Busy. Anybody not busy this week? Anybody you're like, no, it wasn't. One person. There is one person that says they weren't busy this week. Of course, most of us are busy. In fact, when you ask someone, how was your week? What is the default response? Busy. That's like the normal go-to. It's like, oh, it was good, but boy, was it busy. The second most common answer I get is, uh, what even happened this week? I don't know. It was kind of a blur, right? Busy is kind of the, the dominant description of how we live in 2022. Parents are busy. Amen. Kids are busy. Yes, they are. Even grandparents, y'all are supposed to be retired. You're busy. Hey, your dog might have been busy with obedience school this week. Busy is like the description of how we live in the modern world. We live at such a hurried pace, but I'm not sure that we understand just how unhealthy and unsustainable our lifestyles have become. Really and truly, You want to know something crazy? I read this the other week, and it just blew my mind. I can't stop thinking about it. Did you know that before the light bulb was invented, people slept, on average, 11 hours a night? What? It's crazy, but it's true. And that's because before the light bulb came along, life just had a natural rhythm. Your day had a cycle that you kind of had to follow. You got up with sunrise, and after the sun went down, there really wasn't that much for you to do. Then along comes Thomas Edison, and he's like, I got an idea. So he invents a light bulb, and suddenly now we can stay up past sunset, and we can start to get a lot more done. Hmm? Could that be the reason that we're all so tired? That we've gone from 11 hours of sleep per night today to just under seven. The average person will sleep just under seven hours. Did you know that, again, on average, so some people are better, but some people are worse, you will look at your cell phone every four minutes today. Every four minutes, you're going to pick up your phone and you're going to look. That's wild. In total, you're going to spend about three hours on this Sunday staring at your phone in some capacity. Now, it's not all mindless scrolling, okay? Although there is plenty of that. It's Slack notifications from your boss. It's emails from the kid's school, memes from your friend, updates on the war in Europe, and then special calls about furnace cleaning services. Why is it that the only people that call me are folks who are like, hey, I want to tell you about this special offer to clean your furnace. I'm like, 
First of all, thank you for calling. Nobody calls anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I actually don't want phone calls. Please don't call me. I don't want you thinking I'm lonely and you're like, let me just give them a call. Ain't nobody got time for that. But anyway, like when, when, when they call, you know, it's like they're the only ones that are reaching out. My phone is constantly dinging and buzzing and grabbing my attention all the time. Our phones and our screens have made it so that we don't even have a minute of downtime. Are you with me? Like, we don't have a minute. So it used to be that there were all of these small little moments in your day in which there was nothing to do. You were waiting in line at the grocery store, and you either had to just kind of sit there and think, or people watch, or God forbid, say hello to the person next to you, right? (laughs) No? Okay, we never did that. (laughs) Not in Canada. Okay. Or like you got on the C-train, and, and the only thing you could really do to keep yourself occupied was to bring a book. That was the extent of it, right? But now we live in a world in which we've got unlimited information and distraction at our fingertips. And so the moment we have a lull in our day, we got to fill it with something. There is a compulsion to pull that out of our, our pocket and look and entertain or distract ourselves. And look, you guys, if you know me, you know I'm all for technology. I'm an early adopter. I own Apple everything. I own too much of it. I'm a fanboy. I walk into Apple and they're like, hello, Mr. Swayze, let me show you to our concierge service. I mean, that's me, okay? But I also recognize that it wasn't always that way. I'm the last year of Gen X, okay? So I'm the last kind of group that was not a digital native. I remember going to school and I was like in third grade and they were like, we wanna show you this thing called a computer. Before that, we were multiplying on abacuses. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, so I know what it's like to live a life that isn't constantly distracted by technology. Hey, let me give you one more. Basically, every appliance in your house has been invented over the last 70 years. I'm talking about everything from washing machines to computers to doorbell cameras and robot vacuums, you know, all this stuff. And listen, in the early days of all of this innovation, scientists and philosophers, they were predicting that all of these innovations were going to save us so much time that by the 2000s, our biggest problem would be a lack of things to do. This is true. Go back to the 50s and 60s and read what people were writing. And they predicted that we would only be working 15 to 20 hours a week. And the biggest threat to our mental health was going to be the fact that people did not have enough to do. They've got too much leisure time on their hands. Boy, were they wrong. Are you with me? So the point of all of this is that uh, the, the pace of life, you guys, it has been steadily increasing for more than 100 years, and nobody likes what it's creating. We, we've got people who are stressed out, maxed out, burned out. Our world is anxious and angry and exhausted. We're all kind of looking around at this, and we're saying, this can't be right. There's got to be another way. Does it have to look like this? According to Jesus, it doesn't. So that's why we're kicking off this new series called Take Back Your Life. And what we're going to do is we're going to examine how the rhythms of Jesus, you may have never considered this. You may have only ever thought of Jesus as the truth. You may have thought of him as a teacher, as somebody that you kind of listen to and you believe with your mind. But in reality, Jesus also came to give us rhythms for living, ways of approaching our day and our week and our month and our lifetime. And and what we're going to discover is that these rhythms of Jesus Jesus, they actually are good for your souls. They bring rest to your souls. How God's plan for your living, for your scheduling, uh, it really can make you more peaceful, purposeful, and present every single day. Does that sound good to you? Do you need that? I do. Honest to God, 
I'm going to preach to me for the next four or five weeks. And if any of you get something out of it, cool, but this is about Daniel more than it is anything else. Okay, let me show you what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. Very short passage, one verse, two sentences. Jesus says this, there is a thief whose purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give a rich and abundant life. All right, those are pretty familiar words to anybody who's been around Connect Church for a while now, because this is the foundational verse for our church. When we got our start, we said, this is what we want people to know, that there is a way of life that leads to death and destruction, and there is a way of life that leads to fullness and abundance. And so you're going to hear this verse a lot if you stick around at Connect Church. Jesus, in this, uh, in this verse, he says that there are basically two opposing forces that are warring over our lives. We are the battlefield. Hey, I might even say our schedule is the battlefield that these forces are fighting over. And he speaks here of a thief, and you'll notice that the thief wants to bankrupt you. That's his goal. He wants to bankrupt you. Not just in the financial sense, though that's true too, in a whole lot more ways than that. And then he speaks of himself. He says, my purpose is to give a rich and abundant life. If the thief is coming to bankrupt you, Jesus says, I've come to bless you. I've come to fill you up. Not just to fill you up, but to fill you up to overflowing so that you can then in turn bless the world. You realize that? God only blesses you so that you can bless other people. At the moment you start taking God's blessings and refuse to pass them on to the world, you can expect the blessings are gonna stop. So at Connect, we've kind of termed these two ways of existing as life overwhelming and life overflowing. Life overwhelming and life overflowing. And, and what we learn in the New Testament is that God does not want you to live burned out, maxed out, stressed out. He doesn't want you feeling overwhelmed every single day. That is not his purpose. And if that's the way you feel at the end of a day, then God has something for you. He has an answer, a new approach, a new way of living. It might require some radical change on your part, but genuinely, it would be worth it to leave behind a life that feels overbearing and overwhelming and to move into a life that is full of God's goodness. In fact, so much so that I cannot contain it all. I gotta share it with other people. I'm not just full of joy, I'm overflowing with joy. <laughs> I'm not just full of generosity, I'm overflowing with generosity. I'm not just full of peace, but I've got peace for you and I've got peace for you and I've got peace for you. This is what God wants to do. And this is what the way, the rhythms of Jesus will produce in you if you were to start to live that way. So let's do this. Let's consider life overwhelming that the enemy brings, okay? Jesus speaks here, life overwhelming. There's a thief who comes to do all of these things. And yes, life overwhelming is characterized by the, the word busy, no doubt. That is one of the primary ways to describe it. But can I tell you, busy is just the symptom. Busy is just the symptom. If you think your problem is merely that you don't have enough time in the day, that you're too busy, can I tell you, you're actually missing it. You're focusing on what you can see, but there is actually something underneath that is driving your busyness. And you won't be able to address the busyness until you address the underlying cause and not the symptom itself. Listen, life overwhelming finds its root in this unspoken pressure 
for more. Life overwhelming. The reason that we're all so stressed out, the reason that we're all so burned out and maxed out all the time is because there is this pressure. It's internal and we'll find out it's external as well. There is this pressure for more. It is a way of life that makes you feel like you are never doing enough, accomplishing enough, or good enough. That's the way so many of us feel every single day. Oh, I've just got to work a little bit harder. I got to work more hours, right? I need to earn more money. I've got to have more experiences. Look at all my friends traveling. The only place I travel is like Manitoba, right? No, I need more than that, more than Manitoba. Life overwhelming is the voice that keeps whispering that you need more in order to be happy. Except many of you have already discovered this. Once you get more, you find out that that wasn't quite enough and you always need a little more. Hmm? Here's the dirty secret of modern living. The fuller life gets, the emptier it feels. This is the thing that we all know, but nobody talks about. We fill our lives with work and play. We fill our lives with people and experiences. And then we wonder, why do I still feel so empty? Why do I feel so drained? Why do I feel so void? That's because the way to a full life is not a busy schedule. The way to a full life is not simply more things. The way to a busy life is more of the things that matter. Until you understand that, until we start to orient our lives around this understanding, we are always going to feel overwhelmed because we're pursuing something that won't satisfy. We're pursuing something that will not be a blessing. Ultimately, it's just gonna be a burden to us. Life overwhelming leaves us spiritually, emotionally, financially, and relationally depleted. That's why Jesus uses the words that he does when he talks about the thief. Let's put that verse back on the screen. Notice Jesus says the thief is trying to steal from you. Obviously, when something is stolen, then what you own gets taken by somebody it does not belong to. It's the loss of something that is rightfully yours. You should have peace, but the devil wants to steal it. You should have margin, but the enemy wants to rob you of it. You should have healthy relationships, but the devil's like, nope, I need to get that out of your life. That is his purpose, to come and to steal. Some of you are allowing your single years to be robbed from you because you're convinced that the answer to your happiness or your lack of happiness is to finally get a spouse. If I could just find my person, then I'll be happy. And you don't realize that the devil is robbing you of the season that you're in right now. You're being robbed and you're not even aware of it. Some of you are gonna spend years working extra hours, super hard, earning that overtime so that you can buy stuff. You're like, oh, we're gonna go get a fifth wheel. I can't wait to go get the fifth wheel. And then as it turns out, you're gonna use the fifth wheel two times a year, okay? So tell me something now. If you're gonna use it two times a year, but it costs you two years of your life, have you made a wise exchange? You're being robbed of those years, you don't even know it. Ooh, the devil is a good thief, you guys. He's a cat burglar. <laughs> he is sneaking in and he is swiping from you. And you don't even know what you're missing in the process. Just months down the road, you'll look around and you're like, wow, I don't know, it feels empty around here because 
you've been stolen from. I was talking to a, a family yesterday. Oh man, his family, they're, they're very concerned about one of their kids and they're like, they're growing up and they've only got a couple of years left in the house. And I'm very concerned about the decisions they're gonna make when they turn 18. I'm just worried every day. I'm anxious. I get up, I think about this. It's on my mind. It colors how I interact with them. And this is all I pray about. It's all I think about it. Through the course of our conversation, we eventually realized that, look, you cannot control the future. There's no way that anxiety or worry is going to change anything. Whatever will happen will end up happening. So what we've got to make sure we do is that we do not let the devil rob us of the time that we have with these kids today as we stress and worry about their future. See, we are constantly being robbed. We don't even recognize what's being stolen from us. That's why Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal. You gotta be on guard against that. But he says it doesn't end there. Life overwhelming ultimately kills people. It kills people. Now, I know that sounds overly dramatic. You know, you're like, okay, Jesus is exaggerating a little bit here until you realize that Jesus is not exaggerating. There is a literal sense in which the pace that we live our lives actually is killing us. We get heart disease because we're too busy to exercise. We have car accidents because we can't go 20 minutes without looking at our phone. Drug overdoses, because that's the only way we can numb the pain. At least we feel something that way. And then there's suicide because people feel like they have no hope. Jesus, when he says the thief's purpose is to kill, we want to take that and we want to make it abstract and like, oh, my schedule's killing me. The reality is his purpose is to actually kill you. He's a murderer. The Bible says he was a thief and a liar from the very beginning. He is the destroyer. He really and truly wants to take you out. (laughs) Believe it or not, he absolutely does. And then of course, on top of all of this, there is the more symbolic sense in which our pace is just killing us. It's killing our relationships. It's killing our peace. It's killing even our identity. There's an old saying that people are too alive to die and too dead to live. We, we just kind of exist in this liminal zone where it's like, we know there should be more, but we don't know how to get there. It's so true. So the thief comes to steal, to kill. And then finally, he says, the ultimate goal of the enemy is destruction. He's not gonna be satisfied until everything is ruined. Your family, your identity, our church, the world. That is his goal. It is the total and utter destruction of every good thing that God has given us. That is his purpose for existing. And you're caught in the middle. And this stealing, this dying, this destroying, all of it can find its start, its beginning in a lack of healthy rhythm to our day. Isn't that wild? See, we think this is all just about like, oh, better time management and getting 30 or 45 minutes of sleep every day. You don't even know how big the stakes are for this battle, for your schedule and your soul. See, Corey Ten Boom, you guys might be familiar with her. She's a famous person from history. She once said it this way. She said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Why? Why would she say that? Because she knows that distracted is just as devastating. She knows that overly busy will prevent you from seeing and sensing and hearing and following God every single day. This is why I'm challenging you this month to take back your life, to get control of your schedule, 
to start to invest in some healthy spiritual disciplines, to do what needs to be done so that you can transfer from life overwhelming into the life overflowing that God has for you. Here's the deal. Here's what you need to understand. The, the enemy's plans, okay, they're not going to be presented like this. The enemy's not gonna come up, knock on your door and say, hi, it's me, I'm here to steal, kill and destroy you. Can I come in? No, his plans are gonna be disguised and it's gonna seem completely reasonable. Listen, the enemy's plans are gonna be framed as FOMO. Oh no, I don't wanna miss out. So I gotta say yes to everything. The enemy's plans are gonna be framed as life hacking. I'm just trying to be more efficient. It's all about self-optimization. And in the process, we lose something. It's gonna look like peer pressure. I gotta have this because they have this. All my friends have left their starter home and they're in a move-up house now. And so I need to get in there. It's gonna be like that. Your boss is gonna say, hey, you just gotta understand that this job is not like normal jobs. If you wanna work in our industry, you gotta put in a lot of extra hours. How many of you guys know that every boss at every job in every industry basically says the exact same thing? At some point, you start to realize that any job, Every job will require you to sacrifice more and more at their altar if you let them. So the enemy is gonna show up and he's gonna frame all of this as your way to get ahead. He's gonna tell you the way that you experience the life you want is to work more so that you can earn more so that you can have more with your family. Watch this now. The irony in the devil's plans is that he is constantly telling you you're doing this for your family. And at the same time, it's costing you your family. But God has better plans. Jesus said, what would it benefit you to gain the entire world but to lose your soul in the process? So we've got to let go of this life overwhelming to see it for what it is, man. It is not our way to get ahead. It is the way that the enemy keeps us down. It is the way that the enemy attacks us. So we've got to let go of that and we've got to move into life overflowing. Jesus promises us that his way of life is rich and abundant. Hello. I would love to live a life that is both rich and abundant. I think somebody just said hallelujah, all right? Like it's like, woo, yes, please. I'm ready for that. His way of life is full and satisfying. It is overflowing with God and his presence and his goodness. It's measured and it's meaningful. This is what life overflowing is. So what exactly would life overflowing look like? Well, we're gonna spend the rest of our series kind of identifying that, describing it, defining it for you. But if, you, if you've been around here, you're gonna be very familiar with what I'm about to say if you're relatively new to Connect, I want you to know that the way that we have described and defined life overflowing is through four things. We say that life overflowing happens when I know God, I find freedom, I discover purpose, and I make a difference. That's what life overflowing looks like. This is what will produce peace. This is what will produce true margin. This is what will produce healthy relationships. This is what will produce a life-giving relationship between you and God and his church. When I know God, I find freedom, discover purpose, and I make a difference. So for the last couple minutes that we have this morning, let me talk to you about each of these four things. It starts by knowing God. His rhythm, his plan, his desire for you begins with a true relationship between you and him. 
So I have to ask you this morning, do you actually know God? I don't mean, do you know about God? Yeah, I've done a lot of study. No, no, do you know God? Has he moved from simply being God to being my God? Huh? Is there a relationship? Is it personal? Do you actually know God? Because until you do, you will not be able to evade the enemy's attacks. You will not be able to embrace life overflowing. It all begins, it is founded upon knowing God personally, truly, sincerely in our lives. Now, here's the great news, you guys. In our world, there are all kinds of ideas about how you can know God. But Jesus made it incredibly simple for us. He said, all it takes for you to know God, personally, have a relationship with him, is to accept. That's it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to research it. You don't have to develop it. Everything you need in order to have a relationship with God has already been done by God himself. See, the scripture says that we're all separated from God because of our sin. We're all sinful. I'm sinful. You're sinful. I'm not saying you're an evil person. You're probably a better person than I am. So don't get hung up on that, okay? But we've all got things that we've done wrong, ways in which we've harmed one another, ways in which we have certainly broken whatever rules or commandments God might have. And this sin actually breaks our relationship in the same way that if your husband or your wife sins against you, if they do something wrong, it breaks the relationship and something needs to change. Some healing needs to happen. The exact same thing is true about our relationship with God. There needs to be a healing in our relationship between God and him. Did you know that in the New Testament, the words for salvation and healing are exactly the same? So when Jesus says, I've come to offer you salvation, he's saying, I've come to give you healing. When you read about somebody in the Bible being healed, the same word that's being used there is saved. So when Jesus comes and he becomes your savior, what happens is a healing of your relationship with God. And he's the one that does the healing. It doesn't get any better than that. All you have to do is accept. Jesus tells us that if we were to pray to God, ask him for forgiveness for our sins, then we would begin a new life with him. And I just gotta tell you, I have a deep sense in my heart today that there is somebody here and you are ready to begin this kind of relationship with God. You know that you need some healing. You know there needs to be restoration between you and God. You showed up this morning. This isn't even a salvation message. But you showed up this morning knowing, all right, I gotta get right with God, that's why I'm here. So you don't need a salvation message, you just need a little help. So I'm gonna invite everybody, just where you're at, bow your heads, close your eyes. And if you say, hey, this is me, Dan, I need this healing, I need this fresh start with God, then I'm gonna offer a prayer up and I want you to repeat this prayer in your heart after me. You say, dear Jesus, today I'm asking you for salvation. Today, I receive your healing in my soul. I want you to be the Lord of my life, And from this day forward, I want to live with God at the center of everything. I accept your free gift in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, if you guys just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that the journey with Jesus, the journey of life overflowing, every single person starts with that exact same prayer and decision. So you've made the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. In a moment, we're gonna talk to you about how we can help you on this spiritual journey. But can I help you, or can I just challenge you, encourage you to know that life overflowing, it has to start with knowing God. If you do not know God, if you do not know Jesus, then you're gonna try to, uh, you're gonna look at everything we talk about over the next few weeks and you're gonna think, oh, this is just more life hacking. This is just more optimization. This is more self-help. It is not those things. It is something radically different and much better, but it only can happen if you know God.
Then we talk about finding freedom. And this series, I mean, the whole thing is designed to help you experience more freedom in your life, having the margin to do the things that really matter. Being finally free from the sins and habits that have kept you held and bound for so long. But listen, as great as this series is, and I truly believe this is gonna be one of those series like Crazy Faith that we just talk about for, for years to come, okay? But the truth is, as good as a series will be, this is not the best environment to find freedom. We tell you all the time, the place that you're gonna find true freedom is in healthy relationships, in connect groups. That is the place. Listen, you cannot experience full healing listening to some dude talk at you for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. But if you start sharing your life around other people, you know what you'll find? You'll find that you're more Christ-like You'll find that life with Jesus is richer and fuller when you're surrounded by other people. Do you realize Jesus could have come and he could have chosen one apostle, one disciple, one. That's all he needed. You realize that, right? Actually, he didn't need anybody, but hey, roll with me here. One, that could have been it, but he didn't do that. He always chose groups because we need groups. Now, the sad thing here is that our current semester of small groups is winding down. Okay? I know, it's a bummer. But here's the good news. In just about a month, we've got a brand new semester of connect groups that are starting over the summer. And I think one of the best things you can do, in fact, this is the primary way that you're gonna find freedom and move into life overflowing is to get involved in some sort of meaningful group. Now you say, well, Dan, I tried one of your connect groups and it sucked. Yes, I'll be straight with you. Some of our groups suck. I've led a couple of groups that suck. We don't always get it right, but listen to me now. Gosh, I say this all the time, but it's I, like, I hope I'm not boring you by saying the same things over and again, but you've been to bad restaurants. Doesn't mean you quit restaurants. You've been on bad dates. It doesn't mean that you give up on love. If you find yourself in a group that isn't working, go choose another group, okay? It's one of the best things that you can do to find freedom discover a purpose. John 10, 10, Jesus says, the devil has a purpose. He says, I, Jesus says, I've got a purpose too. So the question I want to ask you is, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? What is it that you exist here on earth to do? What's your purpose? See, if your purpose is to get famous or collect experiences or to build a business, can I remind you of something that I said a couple of months ago in our relationship goals series? Those things are goals, not purposes okay? Goals and purposes are not the same thing. My purpose in life is not to pastor Connect Church. I love pastoring Connect Church. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's my goal. But my purpose is bigger than my goals. My purpose is to know Jesus and to glorify him as I follow him every single day. That's my purpose. And I can do that no matter where I'm working, where I'm living, who I'm in relationship with, what my bank account looks like, what kind of car I drive. All of that is ancillary. The thing that I built my life around, the purpose for which I exist is knowing and following Jesus. And until you get a hold of that, you're gonna, you're gonna look at goals as the purpose. Goals is the goal, I guess. And you're gonna miss something. Your goals are earthly, but your purpose is eternal. So if you want life overflowing, you know God, you start to find freedom. It's a lifelong process. Kyle, man, I gotta wrap up. Okay, Kyle's always telling me here. He's like, Dan, one of the things that I just get frustrated with when we start talking about like finding freedom and discovering purpose is like, sometimes we can present this to people as like, join a connect group and suddenly you'll be free. Or 
You know, go to next steps and boom, you've discovered your purpose. He's absolutely right. It's the beginning of a journey. It's the start of a process. I've been following Jesus for more than two decades and I'm still learning. I'm still figuring all this out. But we, we wrap up life over. The final component is making a difference. See, the ultimate problem with life overwhelming, the, the devil's way of life, is that although it's super busy, we're not sure it really matters. Does any of it make a difference? Like really, I go to work, I make widgets for some guy so that he can get wealthy. Does it matter? I'm afraid too many of us live a life full of activity but empty of legacy. When it's all said and done, nothing that we accomplish in our 70 years is gonna matter a generation or two from now. You know that this is why people serve on the dream team at Connect Church? This is why. It's, it's not because we pay them. We can't, okay? It's not because we guilt them. We don't. The reason that people serve at Connect on our dream team is because they see the difference it makes in the world around them, the eternal, true, spiritual difference that it makes. Do you realize last week at Easter, we had 11 people make faith decisions for Christ? Woo! That is super good. I'm expecting 11 more today. Why did those 11 people make decisions last week? Is it because Dan got up and preached? Sure. But it's also because the worship team rehearsed. Yeah, yeah. And it's because somebody showed up on Thursday and cleaned the building. Y'all didn't even know they showed up, but they did. Yeah. It's because somebody decided to run sound or there were people taking care of children or there was somebody running the parking lot and helping you not to crash into each other. All of it is necessary for people to discover life overflowing in Jesus. And that's the reason that we encourage you to serve, not so that you can feed the machine here at Connect. I want you to see what happens when somebody shows up on Sunday far from God and they leave as a son or a daughter. It'll change your views on church, on service, on your schedule. Man, it'll make a difference. That's what we want for you. So listen, I wanna encourage you to consider joining the Dream Team. Some of you have come, you've been around long enough, and you've sat for long enough that you know who we are at this point. You know what we're about. It's time to get out of the seat and into a serve team. It's time to get plugged in because you have the opportunity to make a difference in other people's lives. You have gifts and talents that God has specifically placed in you for the benefit of serving his church and advancing the mission. So all you have to do is what Kyle told you to do at the front end of the service and go to connectcalgary.ca slash next steps. That's the one. Sometimes I get that link wrong and I give the wrong one and everybody's like, Dan, wah, wah. All right, next steps, <laughs> connectcalgary.ca slash next steps. So this is what Jesus offers us. A life that's not overwhelming. It's not full of burdens and weights and guilt and shame. He offers us a life that's overflowing, full of grace, full of goodness, full of peace, full of faith, full of optimism. Here's the, the last thought I'll give you. I can't overflow if I'm empty. I can't. So God's goal for you is not that you're just filled up. That's selfish. God's goal for you is that you overflow into the world around you. That's what we want to help you to experience every single day. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to show you where we're going because I want you to know what's coming over the next few weeks. I think it's going to be so helpful that you need to bring somebody with you or you need to just set it in your mind right now. Yes, I'm busy, but Sunday mornings at 930 are reserved because I want life overflowing. So next week... 
we're going to ask the question, who's really in control of your schedule? Ah, see, because some of you are like, uh, you know, the kids are in control of my schedule and my boss is in control of my schedule. Okay, then May 8th, Mother's Day. Oh, we got some fun stuff planned on Mother's Day. We're going to talk about embracing your limitations. Mama, we're going to give you permission to say no. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to learn to live within the boundaries that God has set for us. May 15th, we're going to talk about how to take a day off. You're like, I take a day off every week. I bet you don't do it right. I want to help. And then May 22nd, sleep as a spiritual discipline. We're going to turn down the lights. I'm going to give you pillows and blankies. No, that's not going to happen. Hey, this is going to be a game changer series for you, but it's only going to work insofar as you engage. It's only going to work insofar as you're willing to make some changes and not simply say, oh yeah, that, that, those are good ideas. I, I probably should do them. Until you put them into practice, nothing's going to change. Let me pray for you. 